I'm Trevor Lloyd. I'm one of the, the leaders at Community Church here, and it's great to have you with us, and it's great to have the crowds in today. At the beginning of the year, we felt God was speaking to us about living in this world unafraid so that we can be open-hearted to other people. In other words, living with our walls down. But also that we could only do that successfully if we also lived with our roots down. That's We were really rooted in God, in who we are and whose we are, in what we believe and what our values were. Otherwise, if you try to live with the walls down, you just get swept away with, by the crowd, by the madness of crowds. And so um, it's important to live with roots down and walls down. So we've been talking about that for some while now, but particularly at the moment, we are seeking to look at how do we put that into practice? You know, let's be really practical about it. So a few weeks ago, Sarah did a brilliant job at talking about how we can use hospitality as a way of keeping our walls down. A couple of weeks ago, uh, Dan talked about the importance of being involved in and part of a local church as part of your roots down. And last week, John Naylor spoke about prayer and practicing the presence of God as a way of staying rooted in God. This morning, I want to talk to you about meditating on the Bible. Scriptural meditation as a way of being rooted in Scripture and through that, rooted in Jesus. I'm pretty sure next week we get back to walls down. I think the practice, the practice of walls down. But to talk about meditating on Scripture, I want to take you to Psalm 1. Psalm 1, and I'm going to read it just a few verses from the New Living Translation. It says this, Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night, and they become like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all that they do. You see, when we give ourselves to the practice of meditating day and night on what says here the law, it doesn't mean law as in legal, it means the instructions, the teachings, the word of God. When we meditate on the word of God, if we're each individually doing that, becoming like trees, we become like a forest. You see, if you live with your walls down, you become like a fortress, keeping people out. But when you live with your roots down in scripture, you become like a forest where we are trees which are life-giving, nourishing, a protection, a shade, literally breathing out spiritual life. We become a forest, not a fortress. Can I just advise you, though, on reading Scripture, that you always read it through the lens of Jesus. Read the whole story and read it through the lens of Jesus and with the help of the Holy Spirit, because it is possible to read the Bible religiously, and that will just put up your walls again. So, for example, at the beginning of this psalm, it talks about avoiding the way of the sinners. And often you find in the psalms and proverbs, it talks about the wicked and then the righteous, the sinners and the righteous. And if we're not careful, we can think of them and us. We must keep away from the wicked people and they're out there and we're all the good people and we're in here and your wars come up. We mustn't interpret it that way. The Russian writer Alexander Solzhenitsyn said that we've learned that the line between good and evil does not lie between this group and that group. It lies in every human heart. The Bible actually tells us none of us are righteous. That's why we need the grace of God. We're all capable of doing good things and we're capable of sinning. The issue is that we make the right choices about the way that we're going to live in the moment, bearing in mind that we're capable of living the wrong way. 
So it's not about keeping away from people, although there might be certain times when the Bible says bad company corrupts good character, and so you may need to stay away from certain people, and there may be some people who do you the power of good, and it's good to be with them. But don't think in terms of us and them, good and evil. Be aware of your own capacity for doing bad and doing good, and make the right choices. But here's the thing, and this is what this psalm teaches us. You can't make the right choices if you're not practicing daily the practice of biblical meditation. In other words, the choice in the moment is determined by the practice you engage in every day. Do you remember that amazing, amazing pictures on our news uh, about 10 years ago when that pilot landed the, um, the passenger airline in, in, the, in the, uh, the Hudson River in New York? Do you remember the amazing pictures? They made a film out of it with Tom Hanks now, Sully, I recommend it. When Sully came to have to make that split-second decision about what he was going to do, he couldn't say, well, let's get out the training manual now. I wonder what I do here now. Let's read the books. Now, he had to make a decision in that moment about what he was going to do. It's the same with us. It's, it was, he was only able to make that decision because he, the training that he'd had was embedded in him. The reading that he'd done, the training manuals, it was embedded in him. And so he kind of had an idea of what was the best thing to do in that moment. When Jesus was in the moment of being tested in the wilderness by the devil, what did he do? He drew out of the scriptures that were within him. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that, that proceeds from the mouth of God. You know, sometimes we want to have the life and power of Jesus without adopting the lifestyle of Jesus. And Jesus spent time, lots of time in his father's presence. He practiced the presence of God and he meditated deeply on scripture. That's why he's even quoting scripture when he's hung on the cross. Scripture was deep within him. And so we can only make the right choices in the moment because of the practice that we're engaging in every day. I want to encourage you to meditate on scripture every day, day and night, to be well-rooted in God. What is meditation exactly? Well, let's go from, because you see, you can, you can read the Bible, but Meditating is something different. I encourage you all to read the Bible. Read big chunks of the Bible. Get to know the storyline. But meditating is when you take a short verse or a passage and you really chew on it. Remember, Jesus said, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So meditation, first of all, is, is eating God's words. I sometimes used to use the description, actually, to change the metaphor to drink rather than food. I sometimes said, said that um, reading scripture is like drinking beer. Whereas meditating on scripture is like sipping wine. Now, we read scripture, I say read lots of it. It's like drink beer. No, not, when I say lots of it, not, you know, don't, don't drink too much, obviously. But um, you, you drink, you know, big beer or pop or something. But wine or whiskey is meant to be savoured and enjoyed. That's meditation. I thought, you know, some people don't like alcohol in the church. So I thought oh, maybe I should choose a safer one. And so I chose meat and potatoes. But now two of my children are vegan. So that doesn't work either. So... But, you know, get lots of vegetables down. You read scripture, but there are some portions of scripture you just need to chew on and, and really kind of um, digest, you know, get every little last bit of nourishment and flavor out of it. That's what meditation is like. It's eating God's words. And just like with food, when you, you take it in and, and it kind of becomes life and health and strength and it nourishes you, becomes those nutrients in the body. Well, if it's healthy food, it does anyway. Um, so with scripture, which is healthy, uh, it provides health and strength and life and nourishment for your soul. So eat scripture. 
You know, there are three prophets in the Bible who, there's Jeremiah and Ezekiel in the Old Testament and John in the last book of the Bible in Revelation in the, in the New Testament who were given a scroll. They were given some writings from, by an angel or from God and then we're told, this is in a vision, and then we're told to eat the scroll, eat the scroll. So they were to it literally inwardly digest it. That's what we're talking about when we're talking about meditation. Some of you will have heard about a writer called Eugene Peterson. And Eugene Peterson was so taken with this whole image of eating God's words, inwardly digesting God's words, he wrote a book called Eat This Book. Great title, Eat This Book. And in it, he drew attention, early on, he drew attention to the fact that the word for meditate in this Psalm 1 here, meditate on a day and night, is a Hebrew word, which means hagdar, and he pointed out that in the prophet Isaiah in the Old Testament, that same word is used for a lion with its prey, kind of eating and gnawing away at its prey. And then he did a bit of a connection because he had a dog, and he was watching his dog with a bone, just really chewing at it, getting every little ounce of goodness in it. And he talked about this low growl that it has to show how much he's enjoying getting. I mean, you, th- you look at a dog with a bone, you thought, hasn't all the nourishment out of that gone? You know, but the, the dog is finding something more in it. And as it does, so it's enjoying it. It's, and that's what we're doing when we meditate. We're enjoying, I don't know, like a dog with a bone. Oh, this is good. This is good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Again, that's what meditation is. Like eating God's words, like a dog with a bone. I could go on with illustrations, but I thought, how do I, show you, how do I um, explain how to do this kind of biblical meditation? Now again, please understand there are different ways of engaging with scripture. I'd say read lots of it, like potatoes or beer, whichever way, what illustration you want to use. I, I think I should move on from food illustrations though, because I can see some of you are getting hungry as we're approaching lunchtime. Um, Lexio Divina is a good way of just reading scripture slowly and letting certain words or phrases jump out to you as God's speaking to you. Some people like to uh, put themselves imaginatively into the story so they might imagine themselves I don't know, on, the, on the shores of Galilee listening to Jesus teaching and imagine them being one of the disciples. That works for some people. But this one is an important one I think everybody should do. It is this chewing on scripture. And I thought the best way is for me to show you rather than try to explain that to you. So, can we put up a scripture, please? This is a scripture I've been meditating upon recently. We've got it. It's a quite a well-known one. It's from the New Testament. Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. And I'm just going to show you what I would do with that verse by way of meditating on it. And what you do with meditation is, well, you turn it into prayer. As you'll see, it, becomes, it just becomes part of prayer. You think about it and you pray it. So hopefully this will help you and you can join in with, it, with me as well if you like. If, you, if, you, if it stirs you and you get something out of it, just say amen or add something, whatever. It's fine. So rejoice, rejoice. When I think of rejoice, I think of re, re, recall, remember. To rejoice is to recall or to remember with joy. Joy speaks of joy. It's to remember with joy. Lord, I'm going to 
remember all the many blessings that you've poured into my life. I'm going to remember what you've done for me. I think of Psalm 139, for example, where it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits, none of his blessings. He pardons my sin. He heals my diseases. He crowns my life with joy. Lord, I remember what you have done for me, and I remember with joy. Rejoice in the Lord. You know, I might be, going, I might be in all kinds of other circumstances at the moment. I might be in a situation, but there passing. I thank God that I'm in the Lord. Whatever situation I'm in, thank you, Lord. I am in you. I abide in you. My life is hidden with you, whatever's going on around me. I rejoice in the Lord. Now, this is where it's helpful if you've done some studying of the Bible as well. You might know that the Lord in the New Testament is the equivalent to the name of God in the Old Testament, Yahweh. And Yahweh speaks about the faithful God who keeps his covenant through all generations. He's working out his purpose. He does not abandon us. He does not forsake us. He is a faithful God. He is the promise keeper. And so you start declaring to yourself and pray and say, God, thank you that you are the promise keeper. I can trust in you. You're utterly and reliable one. But I also think of this. Jesus is Lord. It's like the opposite of what they used to say in the New Testament. Again, study helps. Caesar is Lord. And all the Caesars were kind of egotistical, maniacal tyrants and it's not them who are our Lord, it's Jesus. It's the, it's the one who laid down his life for us. It's not the one who comes to lord it over us. It's the one who comes not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. He's the one who's the Lord. He's the one who's the Lord of the universe. He's the Lord of my life. I'm not in the hands of those who think they're on the thrones of this world because he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. My life is in his hands and he's the risen Lord. No matter what happens, even if they slay me, I shall praise him because he's the risen and Lord, thank you, God, that you are the Lord. Now, what's next? I rejoice in the Lord always, no matter how I'm feeling, no matter what's going on around me, I'm going to rejoice in you always because you are always good. You are always faithful, God, and I thank you and praise you. Rejoice in the Lord always. And then Paul says, I will say it again. Rejoice. If the apostle Paul is saying this again, this is the guy who was beaten and shipwrecked and stoned almost to death. And yet he's saying, it's so important. It's so important that you do this again and again and again. I'm so, it's so important. I'm going to say to you again, Lord, please help me. Please train me by your spirit that whatever circumstances I'm in, whatever I'm feeling, whatever's coming against me like Phoebe did earlier, she said, even though I'm facing this situation, I come back to your word and I speak your word into that situation. You've got angels protecting me. And then you just, you just go, and basically, can you imagine doing that with a scripture? 15 minutes at the beginning of the day and 15 minutes at the end of the day, that's going to do your soul good. That's what it means to meditate on the word of God. It gets you rooted in scripture and it gets you rooted in Jesus. My friends, let's take these, life, these life-giving, God-breathed words and let's get them inside of us. Let's inwardly digest them and let them become health and strength to our souls every day. And then the choices that you need to make as you live with your walls down will become clear because of what you've practiced every day. Let's pray. Lord, we rejoice in you always. As we meditate on your word of God, we're reminded we rejoice in you, whatever's going on, however we're feeling, 
we make the choice to rejoice. And Lord, we, we, we sing to you. Sometimes that song might be in a minor key as we're singing through the tears because the circumstances aren't good. Other times it'll be in a major key as we're just so aware of your goodness and your, and your uh, blessings poured out upon us. But Lord, however we sing, let meditation produce a song in our soul. Lord, as we rejoice in you. And let it release all the goodness, all the life, all the health, and all the strength that is in your living word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.